Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to Shakita's Moments of Truth. This episode was brought to you by SJS Comprehensive Services, where financial and emotional health are the cornerstones to a healthy living. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Stay tuned. Here. I'm totally excited about what we got going on tonight. Tonight, we're going to continue our entrepreneurship series where we're interviewing entrepreneurs and individuals, right, who dare to be great, right, who really want to go out there and, uh, you know, just just, just better themselves. Right? And so, as you can see, uh, I got a special guest. My name is James D. Stewart, right, financial literacy coach, entrepreneur. I'm tonight's host, and I have a very, very special guest sitting next to me this evening. Man, I'm just, I'm just blown away. I think this is going to be our best, our best, best interview yet. Uh, before we get started, I need y'all to share this. I need y'all to like this. I need y'all to comment, hit the love button, right? Uh, because I'm just through the roof about tonight's guest. Here I have with me, next to me, my life partner, right? The better half of the both of us. My partner in crime, the illustrious. She's my wife. She's a mother of my kids. Not only is that, she's a phenomenal entrepreneur. Been killing the game for a very long time, and uh, I get the honor to, to to live with her, right? But 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 I'm gonna give you guys a sneak peek, right, into the in, 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 into this young lady's story, right? So I have next to me Miss Shakita J. Stewart. How you doing this evening, love? I am well. You're doing I am well? Where I am. Well, I'm look. excited, to, you know, to be, it's a privilege, you know, to be okay. on your couch today. Okay, okay. So baby. I'm excited. I'm trying to share it on my page as well. Okay, okay. Well, look, we're not going to worry about that. I just want to let you know that you're looking good this evening. Well, thank you. Well, look, you're welcome, right? And so, look, we need y'all to share this, right? Because I'm telling you, this this, this, this phenomenal story is, is just going to be powerful. And again, I'm just excited. Like I said, man, if you guys are just joining us, Live interview, live interview tonight with Shakita J. Stewart, Executive Director with SJS Comprehensive Services. So please hit that share button. Share this, share this, share this. Hit the love button, hit the like button because the only way that we'll get more viewers if you interact with us. And so look, I'm just excited, right? We're not gonna waste too much of your time. We're not gonna take up too much of your time. Uh, my goal is to always bring value, right? And so, you know, bringing value is what I love to do, right? There's a lot of negativity that's already out there, right? So I, I choose to use my specific channel, right, for bringing people education and bringing people value. And uh, as a longtime entrepreneur myself, I thought it'd be great if we bring on another boss lady. We had a boss lady last week. We've got another boss lady this week who's gonna share uh, some phenomenal things with you uh, that I think that's gonna enlighten you. So again, you know, I, I have this phenomenal young woman next to me and uh, we're just going to get right into it. You know, like we always do, you know, we want to, you know, we want to find out some background about our guests. Uh, that's always super duper important uh, to just kind of gain some knowledge about who, who our guests are, where they're from. So if you could love, tell the people where you're from, um, a little bit of, a, of, of your or family dynamic, how you grew up. Just kind of talk to the people for a second. Well, of course. Well, first of all, hey everybody. Um, as much as I do a lot of talking, I don't. I'm nervous in front of cameras, so please forgive me. We're not doing um, that. We're not but, doing that. 
But um, as he stated, I'm Shakita Stewart. Um, I am originally from New Orleans, um, born and raised, uh, graduate of the Edna Carr Magnet Senior High School class in 1999. Okay. Um, and a little bit, you know, if we want to talk about my upbringing, you know, I was raised, you know, in a very, very strong family. Um, I, you know, appreciate my family very much because one thing about it, I saw such success, you know, um, from my older cousins specifically, you know, my aunts and my uncles, you know, they definitely were invested in their careers and raising their families. But one thing about it, I always said that my grandparents would be very proud of what their grandchildren have been doing. And so, you know, just being around, you know, I have, you know, a couple of entrepreneurs you know, in the family, everyone, I have two dentists who have their own private practices across this nation. We have hairstylists, we have everything. I mean, it's the list goes on head coaches, you know, a football team. So I saw, you know, growing up, I knew for a fact, it, I didn't have a choice, but to do something with my life. Um, and it's funny because I know right now I'm a therapist you know, in, in that world, but I didn't, I didn't want to be a therapist. I was involved in engineering. Um, in high school, I was in the LEAP Engineering Club. I helped do so much stuff and I really enjoyed it. And so when I graduated and applied to the University of Louisiana at Lafayette, I was an engineering major, cool. you know? So I, you know, I really feel like my first year and a half, was cool. in engineering, okay. you know, and so, and then I, but what's crazy is in that path of engineering, we had to take some elective courses. Right. I took a couple of psych classes, right. kind of fell in love with it. Right. And, you know, right. life transition from there. Cool. So, so, so <laughs> we, we kind of fast forward a little bit. I want to go back though. Like, I, I want to go back a little bit, right? So you were born and raised in New Orleans. Yeah. That's where you're from. Um, you know, you're you're a Saints fan. I am. And uh, we, we hello. We know what happened this past. We're weekend. not even. But it's okay. We're we're not here for that, <laughs> right? We're not here for that. But but growing up in New Orleans, just kind of let's let's just kind of backtrack. Like let's just talk about your mom, your dad, your brother. Like what was it like growing up in a climate? Because we've all heard great things about New Orleans. We've heard some challenging thing of things about New Orleans. Just kind of go back to. Um, you know, your childhood, talk about, you know, you know, what your mom did, what your dad did. Talk about that growing up in that, in, in the inner cities of New Orleans. Well, I mean, really and truthfully, I definitely always say I am, I'm not a product of my community and where I grew up. Um, we live in a small town, um, in New Orleans where everybody know everybody. We're all family. Um, but it was rough, you know, everything from substance abuse, you know, of course it's New Orleans. So it was killings different things. Um, my mother and my dad worked multiple jobs, you know, throughout their life because just to make ends meet, you know, we were, you know, to us, I mean, you would think that we can, being in that environment, what I learned from my parents is that you had to work in order to get, right. I know specifically my mother, my mother was really like, she, you know, what really showed me like, Hey, you, if, if you got to work two or three jobs to do it, you make it happen, right. you know, but my dad, they both were in like the social services world, right. um, where they were taking care of people, right. um, everything from group home work, okay. um, convalescent homes work, but they were always taking care of people, okay. um, which I appreciated, you know, my brother and I, you know, we were students with the school. I was a problem child. I'm gonna have to say it, you right. know. Um, he was the he was a good kid, but I was a problem child. But not even a, not even a 
I can say probably child to my parents, but when I look right. at it, the greater scheme of things, I wasn't doing nearly as much as children my age at the time could have been doing. Got it, got it. So, so growing up in New Orleans, blessed enough to grow up with your mom and your dad, um, both of your parents grew up in, I mean, worked in social services. So, you know, it, it kind of tells a little tale about the, why you're doing what you're doing now, right? right. You're obviously going to do exactly what they do. But, but they were always caring. They were always people. caring for people. So I, even with our family dynamics, like right. you know, if somebody in our family got sick, we all pitched in. Right. When my great grandmothers were passing. The whole family right. was there, so it was just always about caring for people. Right, which, which is always important. I mean, we always see that a lot in our community. So you know, even though you're an entrepreneur now, your 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 parents, you know, they were not entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and obviously you had some examples on the outside of your immediate family, um, but directly in the house, you know, you grew up with two parents that just work hard. Right. You know, they work hard every single day. Like you said, do did what they needed to do. And and, and I, I wanted to make that point because, you know, sometimes, a lot of times we're not born entrepreneurs, right? right. Like, like sometimes we get instilled the basics, which is work ethic, you know, working really hard, doing what's necessary. And then we kind of grow, in, you know, into that. And so right. obviously... You know, your parents, you know, instilled in you just the power of working hard and being dedicated. And so let's talk about your schooling, right? Just kind of growing up, you know, in in elementary school, you know, junior high school, you know, high school, you know, what what, what kind of student were you? Oh, listen, my uncle, he might be uh, watching this because he sent me an inbox earlier, but my uncle used to call me nerd. (laughs) Um, I was that child where... Um, was always excited about school. Wow. Um, I, you know, and I was the student that caught on to everything. I barely had to do homework because I caught on to everything that I did. Okay. Um, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed school. Like I was that child where, like, if the summertime and it was ready to get back to school, I wasn't complaining. I was ready, wow. you know, and excited. That's odd. Um, yeah, I was that. I was that kid. I okay. couldn't even sleep some nights because I was so excited about going to school. Right. Um, you know, and so I, you know, I, when I was, you know, younger, we moved, you know, so I had to change, uh, elementary schools, but okay. my high school, uh, that I actually went to, I tested in, uh, to get into the school in the seventh grade. I was 12 years old. Um, I had started school earlier, you know, my birthday is later, but I was able to start school. So I was 12 right. years old, um, going into this high school world, you know, seventh to 12th grade. Wow. You know, my brother went to the school. I wanted to go, you know, I wanted to follow him. Um, and again, even there, you know, I was that, it, it, it was, it's weird though, because when I got into that setting, um, I struggled with being that kid, that smart kid. Right. And so I hid a lot of, of my talents and right. my education. You know, I didn't push myself and I can say that I didn't push myself to, to do even more, even though, right. you know, all of us had to maintain a certain GPA of course, of course. in the school or you'll get kicked out. So right. it wasn't that kind of thing where you just slid by. Right. Um, but I didn't push myself. I didn't want people to see me as this girl who knew so much. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but yeah, so that's yeah. kind of how it was in a nutshell. And and I'm and I'm sure, I mean, definitely growing up in those times, I mean, obviously, like you said, you know, growing up in New Orleans, which has traditionally been uh, a challenging city, right, to grow up in. And it's so many young men and young women, you know, become um, a product of the bad side of that city. But obviously, you found refuge in your family, one, right? Mm-hmm. And then two, 
uh, you you were you dove into school. You know, I'm pretty sure that was a big part of you know how you could could, could escape. You know, um, and and dealing with that. And so that's again that's that that's a great thing to point out because sometimes we don't grow up in the best environments, right? Or we life is what you make it. So it was normal to you, right? Like it was just normal some of the things that you may have experienced, and, and you chose to dive into school. You know, basically was a straight A student, right? And, and so, you know, um, even though it, even at that time, business wasn't probably on your mind quite wow, yet. Absolutely, you know, not. right? Because again, that immediate family, you know, they were not business owners, right? But they were just parents that loved their children and took very good care of their children. So you went to high school again. It's crazy. I mean, I have never heard of starting going to school where it's seventh through twelfth grade. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I was I wonder about that that dynamic. Um, but obviously, you it was into int- school. It was interesting. I, I'm, I'm sure it was. So so going into school, you graduated from from high school. You know, decided that you wanted to go to college. You kind of uh, mentioned before about you know what you started to what you started out doing in college, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, choosing to go to Lafayette, Louisiana, which is where we met, right? Pretty dope. Yeah, we did. And uh, you know, what were you, what what were your first thoughts, right? Coming, going to college, um, starting out to major what you majored in, and, and and what made that switch? Okay, so uh, again, when I started school, I was an engineering major, um, computer engin- no electrical engineering to be exact. Okay. Um, I had this like when I was in leap engineering and some of the things we would do I started to research Lockheed Martin to be specific and um my first year in college my parents moved to Texas and one of my cousins also moved out there to Texas uh he was actually transitioned forward at Lockheed Martin and so I remember like when he got that job I'm like man that's the dream job it was either between Lockheed Martin or GE right General Motors or GM, General Motors out there. Um, but I, so, you know, I was an engineering major, you know, dove right into my courses. Uh, but what made me transition. No, no. What made you choose that? Well, what made me choose it is because it, it really was a passion of mine. Okay. Like I enjoy, I thoroughly enjoy. So you were into math work, and science. Yes, and that, I that thoroughly was thing. enjoyed doing those formulas, figuring out how to get a negative one and a positive one and all of this stuff. Like right. I enjoyed that. Okay. Um, and enjoyed it, you know, my first couple of years. Okay. You know. So, so, so obviously you, you, you went to college, had a passion for math and science, you know, you, you, you dove into that, but then obviously something changed. And if you're just joining us, right, welcome, come on in, get settled, right, live interview with the illustrious Chiquita J. Stewart, executive director of SJS Comprehensive Services. Make sure you hit that love button, hit that like button, share this with as many people as you can. People need to hear a story like this, but back to you. Right. So, you know, you made a transition um, and then something changed. Right. Something changed where you changed your major and you got into something else. Tell the people about that. Well, what changed was calculus, too. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) That's what changed. And I I remember that semester specifically. Calc 2 was it was intense. Calc 1 was a breeze. I didn't have to take a placement exam to get in. Like all of that stuff was a breeze. But Calc 2 took it out of me right. and I remember that same semester when I had my first psych class right. and so when I got to the I think that I think count two was the first either C I got in my educational career and I was tripping and it was a struggle right. and you know and, and th- no, I, I, the first time I got the C I took right. it again and got a D in the class and I'm like wait a minute 
this not going to work for me. Right. And so I'm like, as when I took it again that second time, I had taken another psych class. Right. So I started to kind of, you know, kind of like, okay, I'm kind of feeling this. Right. And so I decided at the at that time, I didn't necessarily switch to psychology. I switched to like mass comm or something, something that was you know easy. It wasn't electrical engineering anymore. Right. Um, so, so, so I'm gonna cut you off. So, so just like a lot of college students, <laughs> I did the same thing, right? Going to college, you you're not sure. You, you start out on one path, and you find out for whatever reason, right, that this it. is not it, right? This is not what I want to do. And it's crazy because you know, you know, they you, you get pressured so much about college, and at that age, you should know what you want to do. You should be on your right path. And a lot of times, we're not. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times, we're not. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because we're still growing. We're still we're basically kids, and so you went through that transition, and you know, like I said, you started to take uh, a, a few classes, which kind of led to going into a different direction, uh, which is dope because you ended up almost coming back home. Like when I and, and, and what I mean by that is you're you you started to help people, mm-hmm. right? Just like your parents, like help people, right? You could have went and did anything else, but something intrigued you, and you went that direction. And so, you know, you you begin a new path, right? So right. what was that new path and what, what, what led you to, you know, graduation? So the new path was neuropsychology. So, and I'll explain that. So I had a neuropsych class that I took. It's the, it was basically the study of the brain. You're studying behaviors in the brain and what makes us do certain things as human beings. And I was like, yo, this is it. Like I, and so I was just like gun ho, whatever. And, and mind you, when I graduated, I didn't want to be, a, it wasn't about therapy. I didn't want to be a therapist. I like, I stayed on that track. I focused on neuropsych. I'm doing all types of uh, clinical trials, you know, at the university with these professors doing these things. So I was really intrigued into that. Right. You know, and so here we came, I graduated. Right. So, well, well let's, let's, let's take a step back. Right, because there's the evolution of us, right? Like let's 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 give the people a little bit of tea. Right. Let's <laughs> let's let's talk to the people a little bit and be honest, right? So here I am, you know, young swagger, you know, young man, you know, athlete, <laughs> you know, walking around campus, you know, and uh, you know, so 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 we met back in two thousand and two. The spring of two thousand and two. And shout out to 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 uh, my girl Nika. Mrs. Nika Brown, right, which is the the first, you know, connection, and and and, and I, I just gotta show you love real quick, sis, for, for yeah. hooking this she up. She hooked it up. She hooked this up <laughs> right? because Keita wasn't, you know, right. Keita wasn't far at first, right. but you know. Um. Anyway, right. So so we met, right, and uh, it was funny, right. I guess I'll tell this story. You know, I think we had seen each other on campus before, right. I know I had seen you before. I'm sure you had seen me. There was no interaction. There was one particular day that, you know, I didn't just see her. I like I actually saw her, right? Like, I, I really noticed her, right, at that time. And, uh, you know, you um, my man. Uh, <laughs> hey, and, and I noticed her. And, again, we had a mutual friend, Miss, Mrs. Michael Brown. And she kind of made that connection. And uh, we began a courtship. That's proper. Yes. A, a courtship at the time, right? And, uh, you know, it was... It was it was it was it was a great feeling because now obviously fast forward almost twenty years later, right? You know, look at what has blossomed, right? And so that that you know, I 
I didn't give you all the tea, but you know, in, in the course of, of, of her being great, you know, uh, I, I I found my queen. You know what I'm you saying? Did. You and did. Uh, so that that was uh, that's a big part of the success story that she may not tell. But I'm gonna go ahead and interject and, and go in and let you know. So we met in 2002. Um, I graduated actually in 2003. Uh, I believe you had one more year of college. So she graduated in 2004 and uh, I, I immediately moved back to, to Tampa, right? I wasn't, I, I wasn't trying to live in Louisiana, no disrespect. Um, I just didn't want to live anywhere where it was even remotely cold, right? So I, I came back to Tampa and you graduated in 2004, followed me to Tampa, right? And, 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 and so at that point you had graduated, you, you begin to work. So we all fast forward a little bit. Tell us about that that first that first job, that first interaction of, of what you were doing for us, your career. Well, I'll tell you. Let me back it up just a little bit. When before I moved uh, to Tampa and I was living in Texas, I started to research. Because um, again, call me the nerd, but I started to research programs and schools that I can get into, specifically master's programs when I moved here. And I was actually, um, the University of South Florida had um, an applied behavior analysis program that I got accepted into. So I was excited because I'm like, I can't just go here and not be in school. I need to at least get that going. So uh, applied behavior analysis is more so working with children like aut with autism or developmental disabilities. Okay. Um, so still studying that brain and their behaviors and things for helping them. So when I moved here, um, I, my first job, I got my first job through a temp agency. Uh, within, like, I, I moved here. I remember I moved here on a Saturday. That Monday, I was at the temp agency looking for jobs, and I got placed at Bank of America. But I knew I was going to start school. But, unfortunately, I get an email from the school saying, due to the lack of enrollment, they canceled the program at that time. So I continued working uh, temp jobs at Bank of America. Then I got the temp job, you know, downtown in the court system. Um, but I knew at least at that point, like, let me try to get into mental health. Because right. I'm like, you know, maybe if I can find, in the midst of that process, I was looking at different things I can do. And I'm like, you know, let me try to get into mental health. And so I ended up getting hired on full-time as a supported housing specialist with mental health care or Grace Point. Okay. Um, and I did case management uh, for a while. But in the midst of that is when I found counseling. Because okay. one of my colleagues, she asked me to take a ride with her while we were doing some... Um, visits because she needed to go and turn in some paperwork because she was going to be starting school that following August or something or July and she took me to Springfield College and I started to ask questions like you know well what programs do they have and different things and they and they told me they had the the human services program with the mental health counseling track and I'm like okay and it was like it's a two-year program it'll allow you to be a therapist do all these things and you know me I'm like well I didn't get into the other program. Right. I need to plug into school. Right. And that's how I ended up applying to Springfield College. Okay, so you end up getting your master's. Yes. Right. Okay, great. So so let's 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 check this really quick, right? Like so went to you know, graduated high school, went to college with aspirations of being an engineer, and then that changed to something else, and then that changed again. And so again, just something else that we deal with. For those of you who have gone to college. Thinking about going to college, 
and you're not sure what you want to do, right? Just, just listen to this evolution. Just listen to the evolution right. of sometimes what you go through and don't feel bad if you don't know exactly what you want to do. Because anyway, most individuals who go to college and get a degree like me, you, you don't really end up doing what you even went to college for anyway. Mm-hmm. You end up finding another passion, which which may be uh, uh, something that we all need to think about. Think about your passion first. Right. And think about, do you even need to go to college? Right? Like, I mean, between the both of us, we have three degrees. But, but you know, do you even have to go to college? Mm-hmm. So that's a point that I, I want to make for uh, parents out there who have kids. Don't pressure your kids about going to college. I would say work with your kids about finding their passion. What do they actually like? What do they love? What are they actually good at? And maybe point them in that direction. Right. And that'll probably save you a few dollars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That'll, <laughs> that'll probably save you a little money on your pockets. But, you know, you know, back back to the point, you know, you got your master's degree. And then obviously you grew love for what you do now. Right. You didn't always love and you would not always, you know, you, you didn't come out the womb saying, I'm going to be a mental health therapist, you know, licensed you know, therapist, you grew to love that through trial and error. Right, because even going through uh, my master's program, uh, one of our professors specifically, he talked to us about different things you should be doing, especially with under the umbrella of our degree. So he talked, like I, it was like, I can be this consultant, you know, and consult with major companies and about like cultural diversity and all this stuff in the workplace. Um, But when when I graduated, my very first job that I got was in a residential program for boys who was in jail for at least nine months minimum, but up to however long it took. And I was one of the therapists at that job. So I literally, when I graduated, I got, I went right in, right. you know, right into providing therapy. And I figured that eventually over time, right. I'll end up, you know, being able right. to be a consultant somewhere. But I needed the experience. Right. And that's dope, right? Because you started out saying she grew up in the house where her, her mom and her dad work in facilities and residential facilities and working with a certain population of of children and kids and and that wasn't even a thought but it's funny how we're really influenced by our parents right right even if it's in a subconscious way right we're influenced by our surroundings so i think that's dope that you ended up you know really being affected by what they did and really all along had the heart to really help people, right? right? And specifically children. Right. And I know that's a population of, of kids that your parents uh, spent many, many years doing some great work, you know, in that in that community. So so you end up, you know, getting into that. How many years did you spend working um, before you decided that, okay, I want to I wanna really take this to another level? Like, I, I really don't want to just work. Like, I want to really see how I can really scale this. Sure. Okay. So it, I would say I started working, I graduated in 2007 in August master, of 2007. Master's, master's degree. In uh, December of 2007 is when I got that job. Okay. Um, and I worked there, you know, I, we got married, you know, um, had my son. And when I realized community mental health can't cover our health care, you know, for our kid, I ended up going into the corporate, you know, arena with the military. Um, so I kind of took a little break necessarily from providing therapy, but was still in that realm. Right. Um, we went through a corporate layoff and that layoff led me back to community mental health where I was now a supervisor over five programs here in Hillsborough County. Okay. So again, I did that for about two years right. until I went through another layoff. Due wow. to, I think it was like a change in government that 
it was budget cuts. Right. And I was a, a product of the budget cut. Wow. And so in the midst of that, I was a funny thing. We were actually in New Orleans when my staff called and said something's going on with the program because they were moving their offices, they was doing whatever. So at that moment, I was like, yeah, I got to figure something out. And so I called my sister-in-law, Katerlyn, shout out to her. I'm like, hey, I need somewhere where I can get a job, where I can go and apply ASAP because they're transitioning. So she linked me to my old boss, Ms. Carrie Wright, um, with Pediatric Health Choice, where I became an outpatient therapist. So at that moment, when I went in to HR for them to give my pink slip, that same day I had an interview. So I was dressed for the interview, got the job. That day is when I became a 1099. That was the day when I started to, when they were like, you know, this is what you do. You want to go see these clients on your own. You make your own schedule. We just need you to see these these families. You're going to go into their homes. You're going to have whatever queso you can you desire. You don't have to carry all these clients. You right. can tell us what you want. Right. So at that moment was my taste of, you know, being free. And that was in 2000 either 2012 or 2013. Okay. It's when I became an independent contractor. Okay. And so, and that's, and, and obviously that, that begins. So now you got your first taste, right? Sometimes that's all it takes, right? Listen, just, I'm going to tell just, you, It's boy. just a little taste of, yeah. uh, of freedom. So let, let's just talk about, obviously at that point, you were not licensed, mm. right? Not licensed, but in mm. the industry, in the field, putting in the hours, making the relationships, making the connections, Talk about the evolution of going through trying to become licensed, and 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 and, and did you pass? First of all, did, did you pass that test on the first round? Absolutely not. Then pass it. Did you pass the test on the second round? Nope. So 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 <laughs> here you have this brainiac, right? Like love school, but still, and had found a new passion, and knowing that if you want to get to the top of this particular field, you got to become licensed, but. Has some challenges, mm-hmm. right? Like, like people, people need to hear that, right? Because people know that you're, you're entrepreneur, got your own business, got your own company, but there were some struggles that that you had, and and so what what was that feeling? Uh, taking that test not once but twice, and still didn't meet the mark. Were you at that point thinking like, I don't know if this is for me? Uh, like, 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 what did it kind of do to your psyche, and how did you get over that? Well, and this is the thing. So in our field. You don't need a license to be a clinician. You know, you can you can practice. You just have to be under supervision without a license. Right, but for you, so, for you, you want to be to the yeah, top. Yeah, so for me, I'm like, you know what? Well, I want to be able to provide that supervision and just be able to sign off on my own documents and not have right. to have somebody else's license cover what I was doing. Um, though I can practice independently, you know, I was at that first agency that I got linked to Bay Area, right. Behavior Services, which, is you know, was a phenomenal, but... Um, during that process, I'm like, I got to pass this test. I got to get this test. I got to take this licensure test. So it was funny because when I first uh, signed up for the test, all of my clinician friends, mind you, people knew I was, you know, hands down, I'm a good therapist. And they're like, Shakita, you got this. But, but what, what I think even what myself or what anybody else didn't realize, I have severe test anxiety. Um, and that particular test is just, is not set up from a clinician's eye it's set up from just straight like a Book a business eye and book right, it's not right. you know based on so when you go into this like test, real practice yeah when right. you go into this test with real practice experience you're tainted because it's not textbook right so you know the first test i'm like oh i got this you know i study whatever 
And I will never forget, they like with, with our exam, you get your results right then. Like you don't have to wait weeks and weeks. So I remember I got, you know, took the test and I leave out and I'm like, really? I think I, I think the first test I was three points off. I'm like, I failed this thing by three points and it's two sections. So you have to pass both in order to pass the entire exam. Right. So I felt like stupid, but my boss kept saying, Shakita, that test don't define you. you right. It's just a piece of paper that you need right. for technicality. Right. So I said, okay, I'll take it again. But I waited a long period of time. I was thinking like maybe like a year and a half or two years before I took that exam again. Right. Um, when I decided to take it again, I knew at the time um, in our world of mental health, you can register as a mental health intern. Well, we got notification that you had until 2022 before you can no longer be a registered intern with the state. And so what that means is it can cut off your supervision hours, which is what you need to right. get licensed. Right. So I'm like, okay, shoot, I got to take this test again. Took it again. One point. Wow. That's, that's devastating. So, one I mean, point. you know, you, you, you obviously, you know, again... And for my brainiacs out there, I'm pretty sure you feel her pain as she's telling this Dude, story. One you know, just point. used to doing really well, you know, straight A student pretty much all her life, you know, did what she needed to do, but again, went through some struggles. And again, people need to hear that because sometimes people see the glory, but they don't know the actual story and mm -hmm. what you actually got to go through. And sometimes the average person would have went through that and they would have quit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like people need to know that. So to the test once, to it twice, had to take it three times or a third time past it. But even in the midst of that, that didn't stop your track on uh, gaining the passion you had for the industry that you're involved in. And then ultimately created your own business, your own umbrella. Right. So let's just kind of fast forward a little bit. Let's just talk about SJS Comprehensive Services. Right. Give, give the people... Uh, some information about SJS Comprehensive Services, the creation of that, the, the vision, like the mission and what you have as it relates to this brand that uh, you built. Okay, sure. So, and it's funny because SJS Comprehensive came long before I got licensed. Right. Because um, that sec after that second time, I was like, man, I'm not doing this. You know, I got to figure out another way. Um, I was like, you know, I'm not taking that stupid test again. It was really upsetting me because I knew the skill set that I had. Right. And, but yet this test was telling me that I couldn't do this. So I wasn't good enough because I just can't get this one point or it's something that I'm off. So, um, in the midst after that, you know, I took the test. Of course, you know, you and I, we ventured into, you know, an industry of, you know, financial literacy you know, and I'm like, okay, I like this because now I'm still helping people with a different capacity. Right. And so as we joined into the business and really started to grow, I'm like, you know, I got to create, I want to, I had always had in my mind where I wanted to create like a one-stop shop resource center for people in the community, a place where they can come in and say, Hey, Miss Shakita, I need help with this area, this area, and this area. And I was that resource or that consultant to be able to just give them what they needed or point them in the right direction. Right. So when I when I got into the financial literacy industry and I'm still working in the mental health industry, I'm like, well, man, what I can do, I can do life coaching, you know, so I can coach people from a therapeutic standpoint and also a financial standpoint. Mm. And so that's where, like, so when I came up with SJS Comprehensive, 
when I knew we were going to look into starting a business, I wanted comprehensive to mean just that. Right. I didn't want it to be solely focused on just one thing because I want to be I wanted to be able to give people more than one aspect right. of me. Right. I mean that's outstanding. I mean and one thing I want to point out that you said is that even though or the idea of SJS comprehensive services came before you were licensed. So what that meant was even though you had a roadblock, and even that I think for, I guess for a short period of time, you were not even gonna take the test. Right. Right? You you still did not let that stop you from climbing the ladder. And right. and, and people people need to understand that, right? Like you're gonna have adversities, you're gonna have challenges, you're gonna have what it seems like this is not gonna work. But if you truly are passionate about what you do and you believe in you, I mean, there's always a, a way around anything that you want to get accomplished, right. right? So even in that, you know, the birth of SJS Comprehensive Services came in the midst of still not being licensed, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you were licensed, you know, you 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 started this idea, right, of having a, a multi-services platform, a one-stop shop where people can come to you for multiple things. And uh, you just, you know, you began on that track, right? Which I think is, is phenomenal. Um, and then after the fact, you, you went and got your test. You went and took your test and became licensed, mm -hmm. which is just kind of the icing um, on the cake, right? And so that, that is just, that's just outstanding to me. I mean, people need to understand that, you know, it's not easy out here. And no. what, what you really want is not going to come easy. It's going to come with failure. It's going to come with, you know, hard lessons learned. And that's what, again, that's what I love. That's what I want people to hear those little nuances about people's stories. Because again, people think being an entrepreneur is just sweet, right? right. And it's not. And it's, and, it, and it's not for the faint at heart. Entrepreneurship is not for everybody. Um, you know, you don't have to be an entrepreneur, but for those who may want to think about being on that track or, you, or, or and, you know, think about the, the what you will go through. Uh, some of you have, who are already entrepreneurs, you think about quitting, I mean, that'll be your choice, but again, nothing that was great uh, came easy to anybody. You know what I'm saying? And that's, so that's just something that, you know, everybody should take away, you know what I'm saying? And so that's outstanding. So let the people know, um, where can they reach you at? What, what is your website? You know, how, how can, if somebody wanted life coaching, if somebody wanted to get some, uh, you know, some therapy for, for their kids, for their adult, like, like what, how can they reach out to you and get connected to you? Somebody needs some assistance with their finances. Where could they reach you at? Okay, sure. So my website um, is www.sjscomprehensiveservicesllc.info. Um, on there, they can find everything that I do, you know, from the therapeutic services, the, you know, the cost of that the life coaching, um, as well as my financial services. Um, if, and what I have on the website is an area where they can just, they can uh, send me a message directly, you know, and they'll either say consult and then I can schedule the consult with them and I can figure out what it is that they're reaching out to me about. Um, I'm also on Facebook. I have, you know, two separate pages for the financial, so SJS Comprehensive Financial Literacy page, as well as SJS Comprehensive Therapeutic Services page. So I have two separate um, pages on Facebook as well. Uh, they can also find me on Instagram, uh, SJS underscore Comprehensive underscore LLC. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much, you know, where I'm at. Outstanding, right? So look, there's no excuses, right? If you if you are struggling, and, and I think in our community and a lot of communities, you know, uh, counseling and therapy, 
you know, that's looked at something that's negative, right? Like, I, I don't need to get counseling. I don't need to get therapy. But, you know, I'm, I'm here to tell you, you know, this young lady does an outstanding job. And I'm not saying that just because she's my wife. You know, her track record speaks for itself. You know, if you're looking for those types of services, or you got somebody in your family, you know, who may need to speak to somebody, here you have, you know, a, an entrepreneur who's been doing this um, for a very long time and who is licensed and, and not just licensed, uh, has the experience. So, so you have the information, reach out, uh, because there's it's no excuses going into 2000. Now we're into 2021. Our, our, our mental health is connected to everything. Yes, and so there's no reason why uh, you, you got to be resourceful. And again, not only did I want to, to present this young lady because she's my wife, but I also wanted to present her simply because she's a, she, she's a professional and she really cares about what she does. And if she, if she cannot uh, provide something for you, I guarantee she has and knows a resource uh, that can get you, that can get you whatever it is that, 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 that you actually want. And so as we kind of come to a close, you know, appreciate you, baby girl. Absolutely. You know, did an outstanding job. I mean, why not? Um, and so what I always ask all of my, anybody that I interview is to, um, for people out there who are thinking about entrepreneurship and thinking about getting into it and, you know, they are, um, wanting to maybe think about being an entrepreneur or those who are already entrepreneur and are struggling, give the people one or two tips, one or two things that you they, they can take with them, you know, on, on this journey. Um, give them one or two tips that, you know, they can take with them. Uh, well, I would definitely say you have, like, you can't go in it with the mindset that it's just going to happen overnight, mm. you know, um, I know I've heard people say, well, I'm going to just quit my job and just become an entrepreneur because it's easier. And mm. it's really not. Mm. You know, it's a lot of ups and downs. It's a lot of ins and outs. It's a lot of things you have to do. Like even with myself, you know, uh, just, you know, becoming licensed and having to go through this whole process, you know, because even with that, you know, I didn't really want to necessarily start seeing clients. But I realized that just in the midst of like this last year or two where more African-Americans are reaching out and they want more African-American therapists to speak with and mental health professionals, I knew I would be doing a disservice to, you know, the community if I didn't step up, you know. So now I have to understand that I have to do the steps and put those things in place. So it's right. not going to happen, right. you know, and fall in your lap. Um, number two, uh, I would definitely say be sure to, in the midst of you, on your journey, you got to take care of yourself. Mm. Your self-care is key. That And that was the, the my initial thing of being a self-care uh, coach. But you got to take care of yourself in the process because entrepreneurs don't sleep. You know, like it's not a nine to five where you can clock out and then whatever. Like some days you got to, you got to grind. Gotta you got to, you got to really get burned out. So you got to take care of yourself. I mean, that's, I mean, I think that's phenomenal advice, you know, uh, you, 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 you gotta know that it won't happen overnight. It'll happen overnight. Right. Right? And and persevering. And you're hearing from a wife and a mother, you know what I'm saying, who's in the midst of doing all of that, you know, running her own business. So I think that's something good that people can take away, you know. It, it shouldn't discourage you because there's, there's no excuses. Right? There's no excuses at all. Mm -hmm. uh, and the number two, you know, make sure you take care of yourself, man. So as entrepreneurs, I just... Even on my road to entrepreneurship, I remember just remember so many days where you know you 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 barely eat, 
or you 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 know because you just you just so much about the grind and you know some some of those days are just necessary sometimes but again you gotta you gotta you gotta stop and you gotta make sure that you do take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself who's gonna take care of you you know especially when you got a family unit you know you got your family and your kids looking up to you uh and so look man i i thoroughly enjoyed this interview um i i i, I really feel that it was a lot of value dropped in this interview and I hope those are, are watching uh, that that you also got value, right? And, and that you know what you want to take away is that you don't want to quit. Bet on yourself. Yeah. Uh, again, entrepreneurship isn't for everybody, but I think uh, at the same time um, we we should be doing something towards that we can have and own and pass on to our kids to create some sort of generational wealth. And you don't have to quit your job to do that, right? You can start right. somewhere. Start somewhere. Uh, to get to where you really, really want to go. So look, you know, I'm, I'm excited, right? I had that opportunity to, to, to share my life partner with you guys just for a few moments. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. So again, share this, hit the love button, hit the, hit the like button, right? Because individuals need to see this information. Even if you yourself feel like, you know, you don't, want, you don't need the information, I guarantee somebody that on your timeline, somebody in your friend list, that will benefit. Maybe they're thinking about getting into the same industry, mm -hmm. right? Um, again, you can you can you can get the information you need. You just gotta go out there and seek the information, right? We're living in a time where there's no excuse. I mean, zero excuses for being great, right? So you know we're not gonna take that. So look, y'all have a good night, right? And we'll see you next week as we continue to highlight some of our favorite entrepreneurs, right? And let them tell their story about how they came to greatness, right? And so y'all enjoy y'all night. Y'all enjoy the weekend. Peace. See y'all later. Boom.